Today, if you got your worship guide with you, you'll notice the title of today's message is, is Starting Each Day Right. But I want you to put underneath that, um, sometimes I'm torn between um, what, what to title something, um, and sometimes we title things a certain way because uh, we don't want to deter people that might see the title of a message online and go, well, man, I don't care to hear that. Um, and so, so it is all about starting each day right, but I want you to put under there, Mornings with the Father. Mornings with the Father. Today we're going to talk about something that might not sound very exciting uh, to you. You might go, well, man, you know what? This isn't, this isn't something I need to, to hear. And I'm going to tell you, um, I don't know if there is anything more important than your salvation than to know how to walk with God each day. Um, because it, a lot of people talk about God, a lot of people reference Jesus Christ, but very, very few people uh, follow Christ in their day-to-day life. Today, we're talking about something that, that Jesus uh, demonstrated in his life, uh, the, the, the critical significance of walking with God each day. And how many of you know if, if, if Jesus did it, um, then that's what we're called to follow and do. If Jesus needed to spend his mornings every day with his heavenly father, surely if God's son, his true son by flesh, we're his son by spirit and through Christ, but, but if he had to, to um, spend mornings with God, then certainly it's critical that we understand that significance. Listen, I fully believe that Jesus made it a consistent practice to, to wake up each day early enough to meet with the Father. Some of you have heard this term before. Some of you haven't, depending on your church background. Um, but we call this a quiet time, okay? We all need to have quiet times with God. Sometimes we need to huddle up all day. Um, but we certainly need to meet with the Father every morning, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now listen, not everybody is able to, to have the options that some others can have. I think about um, right now um, what, what life, how life was different, say for, for my wife um, back when our boys were, were very, very young. Uh, we have four boys, 24, 22, 20, and, and 13, and, and um, all I remember when they were four, two, and just born was like, God, what are we going to do with these chillings? And, um, but I realized as time went on that, that, um, that, that mamas, y'all can't even go to the bathroom. Y'all can't even have a bathroom break, okay? But I, my, I want you to hear this, that, that Jesus, he woke up before he went about his day every day to spend time with the Father. He knew that it, what mattered most was that he did the will of the Father. So if you're trying to do the will of the Father, why would you not go straight to the Father when you have that opportunity and that access and that privilege through uh, Jesus Christ alone? Listen, most days are full of many trials, many surprises, and so it's most important that we start each day the best way we possibly can. And so that's where I want you to kind of hear me today is that the best possible start of your day is, is not did you get to fix this or figure out that, but did you take time to huddle up with the Father so that he can align you 
before you run out there and try to save. Luke 5, 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I don't know where that lonely place is for you. Uh, maybe it is locked in a bathroom. Uh, maybe it is your bedroom. Maybe, maybe it's that you've got to step outside a little bit. Or maybe you need to drive off and, 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 and take a walk. Um, for me, I just know that I have to remove all possible distractions that could steal my um, full attention from God. Charles Stanley said this before. He said, the closer your walk with God, the less room for anything to come between. If, if you want to keep closeness with God, if you want to walk with God the rest of your life, you're going to have to be willing to constantly do everything you possibly can. Okay, and, and I'm going to bring this up for answers. All right, my Gamecocks lost yesterday. Actually, I'm glad I don't have to watch them in a bowl game, to be honest. Um, I, sometimes you just want to season the end. But, but, but listen, just like um, if you were watching your favorite ball team, you've got to make sure you watch that game no matter what, whether you're in a deer stand, some of you got it sitting on your phone in the ESPN app, on silence. You've got to be just that radical and more about your relationship with the Father, or you will never grow in your relationship with your Father. Listen, in order to experience things other people don't experience, you've got to be willing to do things other people aren't willing to do. And most people aren't willing to make their relationship with God the top priority in their life. Maybe there's a reason Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom. And then all these things will be added unto you. Now, how many of you know that the moment that you try to get serious about spending time with God, all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? If you can thank it, it happens to derail that. Billy Graham once said, he said, Satan will contest Every hour you spend in Bible reading or prayer. wonder why that is. Because that's where the power comes from. See, the power comes from, from him, you reaching out to him and then him reaching out to you. And then, then your life is lived out of the overflow of your relationship with him. I want to share with you five key things that you need to, to do or perspectives or posture that you need every morning that you, you wake up if you want to walk with God. The first thing is this. Every morning, you need to be still before God. Every morning, you need to be still before God. This one's probably the biggie. Because if you don't realize that God's here and you're here, you will try to act as if you and God are equals. You are partners. You are our father and son and daughter, but you are not equal with God. Even Jesus did not seek to be equal with God. Instead, he emptied himself, took on the role of a servant, and said, hey, you know what? He's the father. I'm the son. It's his will, not my will, that needs to be done. Listen, before you even leave your house, you need to be still before God. Charles Spurgeon, a great, great pastor and theologian, he said, a child of God should not leave his bedroom in the morning without being on good terms with his God. Charles Stanley said, the amount of time we, we spend with Jesus, meditating on his word and, and his majesty, seeking his face, it establishes our fruitfulness in the kingdom. I want to take you back to what Jesus said. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things. Will, will, will fall into place, basically. Listen, if you don't make Jesus your first priority, you already have misaligned priorities. Sundays, I truly believe this for most, 
regardless of someone's relationship with God, the only way you make it to church is you made it a priority. And, and I commend you for that because 75% of society will not be at a church anywhere, anytime today. But in our everyday life, if every day is to, to feel like maybe we feel on Sundays where we're drawing closer to God, wonder why we feel closer to God on a Sunday morning. It's because we're intentionally seeking to meet with him. We're intentionally seeking to, to listen to him. Listen, before we begin any day, we need to be still before God, and we need to be still and know he is God, and we're not. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Often, the only true peace that we can find in life it is found being still in the presence of God, where, where maybe we are, are shaking to the core, but God is holding us tighter than ever. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So often we want to go and do what we want to do and then ask God to bless it after we've gone and done what we wanted to do in our strength, in our way. And that's not how we're to do. Listen, not every um, problem is meant for you to fix. Not every situation is meant for you to control. It, you just need to know who is in control. Amen? So it says, be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Oftentimes, the reason why people want to run ahead of God is because they're trying to keep up with what they think everybody else is doing. And you know that saying, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you do that? Listen, before we run out the door, before we head into this, this world of chaos, our Heavenly Father wants us to be still before Him, to bow down before Him, not just to acknowledge He's God, but su to surrender ourselves to Him as God. Listen, to know that, that when our fight is gone, I remember my daddy saying this in his cancer battle. He said, it's hard to fight when you don't have anything left in you to fight. And that, that, it, it just spoke to me to the core because my daddy was always somebody very, very strong. But I don't know about you, I found in my weakest time when, when I was just, just out of gas, out of, out, of, out of power, that's when I realized that I needed to lean on his power. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, earlier, God told me to write down a little note here that somebody needed to hear this, that often what we consider absolute brokenness and distraction is the very thing that God is trying to use to bring us to the feet of his throne. What God's trying to do in your brokenness is to get you over yourself. Somebody needs to hear that today. you got to get over you in order to experience all of him. You're not going to get where you want to go. You certainly aren't going to get where God wants you to go without getting over yourself and quit telling God what you're going to do, what you're not going to do. Instead, say, hey, God, I want you to take over. I've screwed up enough. I don't know about you, but I've messed up plenty. I mean, I, I thank God that, 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 that spouses forgive. I thank God that, that children forgive. In fact, I, I was thinking about that um, sometime a while back with that, um, that with my dad. Um, I, I spent, my dad was just a full-blooded 
um, Marine. And, and so a lot of my life, my daddy just scared me. I'm like, listen, I'll just talk to mama. I was like, I don't know who that other fellow is. Um, but, but I love the fact that later God helped me see things through a different perspective. You know, that, 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 that daddy was, was my ally, not my, not my enemy. Listen, some of you, you think God's out to get you, and yet God's the only thing holding you together and bringing you to this point. It's so important we begin every day in the presence of God. Listen, do you know this? You can't even make one healthy decision in a day without absolutely realizing God's here and you're here and saying, hey, God, I only want what you want. Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Listen, you can't go about your everyday life wisely without keeping your hand, your little hand, in his big hand. Trusting that our sovereign Lord, meaning that he has the ultimate control over all and will bring the judgment to all, that he is larger than charge. Not us. Isaiah 54 says... The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning, he wakens me and he opens my understanding to his will. If you keep walking with God, if you keep surrendering to God every day, God's going to grow you and show you things that you didn't know before. They were right there all along, but you missed them before. I've missed them before. I can tell you this, this is how God's changed me as a, a minister. I'm not trying to be the Pope. I'm not trying to be just the church. I'm not trying to build a church on Craig. I'm trying to build a church on Christ. And so God's had to help me see it took over 30 years, I really feel like, to get to this point. As a buddy of mine used to say, it took all of that to get where we are today. And, and, but thank God, by his grace, I'm, I'm learning that, that I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't do God's work for him. He just chooses to let me be a part of his work. I'm not meant to work for God. I'm meant to walk with God and let God work through me, on me, in me, despite me. Listen, we're not to tell God what we're going to do and not do. Instead, we need to be wise, listening for his voice. Leaning in to his word. By the way, you need to write it down. The number one way God speaks to us is through his word. That will never change. You, listen, some things, once you know the word of God's not for it, we don't even need to pray about that no more. You don't need to talk to me no more about that. I, I, in fact, I can tell you, if I'm with people that I know know my heart and that, that, that know that I'm not um, trying to preach at them, I'm just having a conversation with them, the moment you tell me, I know God wants me to do this, but... Um, I, I really don't have anything more to say because I could say in a council situation, well, I agree with you. I agree with you what you know God would want you to do. Listen, you, if you do what's right, you can't go wrong. I love what Charles Stanley said. Listen to this. He said, wisdom is the capacity to see things from God's viewpoint. That's all we're trying to do. How can I look at this situation? How can I approach my life through God's viewpoint? We start through meditating on his word. Now, as we quickly go through the rest of this, number two, every morning, let him satisfy you. Every morning, let the heavenly father, let him satisfy you. Listen, we can't rely on mankind or this world or our jobs or our accomplishments to fill a God-shaped void. 
Psalm 90:14 says, Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love, so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. Listen, if you could only choose each day to please one person, make sure it's God. I'd rather have the peace of God than the applause of man any day. Because, because that peace remains. Listen, whether we recognize it or not, our soul thirsts for oneness with God. Our, our soul was made to have a relationship with God. And so when we're not in fellowship with God and when we're not in right relationship with God, things don't feel right. We could be trying, but trying too hard in our strength instead of leaning on his. Listen, whether we recognize it or not, we, we have this, this hole in our heart that can only be filled by him. Psalm 42, 1 through 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? It's the very times that you don't feel like praying and you don't feel like reading your Bible is the biggest times that you probably need to read your Bible. You need to meditate on Scripture. You need to, to pray. Or you need to call somebody else and pray with you. Because, listen, sometimes you got to lean on other people. I've had that happen plenty of times in my life. Listen, our soul's greatest need is to meet with God and to have right fellowship with God. Psalm 63, 1 through 2 says, Oh, God, you are my God. With deepest longing, I will seek you. My soul, my life, my very self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and sighs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have gazed upon you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. By the way, when you know you're leaning in and leaning on the Lord and you're letting him take the reins, all of a sudden it, 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 it increases your expectations. It increases your expectations the moment that you know you put everything in his hands. Listen, nothing we can accomplish in this life, nothing that we do in this life or could have can ever substitute for God's presence, peace, and purpose in our lives. But thirdly, every morning you need to praise him with song. Every morning you need to praise your heavenly father with song. As we talked about last week, you know, how do we praise him? How do we thank him through everything? Because, listen, praise is just as important as prayer. We, we, we need to start each day counting our blessings, seeing what God has made right instead of just seeing what we feel like is wrong in front of us. If we don't recognize our blessings, we will always feel overwhelmed by our burdens. Psalm 63, 3 through 8 says, Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul, my life, my very self is satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth offer praises to you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate and thoughtfully focus on you. In the night watches. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, where I am always protected, I sing for joy. My soul, my life, my very self clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Listen, each morning, you got to choose to praise God. It's really a choice. 
You've got to choose to praise God. One thing I do is, and I know a lot of you have, have um, smartphones, iPhones, whatever, but, but um, I, I, I've got tons of playlists um, that I put together. But one of the biggest stuff that I spend a lot of time making sure I, I have on my phone is, is, okay, can I put together a few collective songs that speak life into me? that remind me to praise him, that remind me that he's in control, that, that remind me that he wants to walk with me and talk with me. Psalm 59, 16 says, But as for me, I will sing your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love. For you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. Listen, sometimes when you can't see God in the present, you got to look back and remember what he did in the past. You've got to borrow from yesterday's faith because, listen, today's problems always feel unbearable. That's why we need to meet with him. That's why we need to, to find the praiseworthy. Listen, when we realize what the hand of God has done for us, we should praise him. Unless we think that we've gotten where we are in our own strength. Listen, when God wakes us up another day, the older you get, the more you realize not everybody gets to get old. Not everybody grows old. If God woke you up and then helped you get out to bed, because I'm sure some others of you in here are just like myself, you, you needed somebody with a, um, a, a crane to pull you out to bed. I always say my first step is my biggest step. I mean, this is really no joke. I would say four out of seven um, Four out of seven days, my wife helps me get out to bed. Most people would never think that, okay? But let me help you understand. Satan can't stand it once I get rolling, though. He can't stand it. I mean, if I got to, I'll put on skates and let somebody push me. That's actually a thought. Just, I just helped. I just solved something for some of you. I can see some of you right now, right after surgery, you're on a skateboard. God, where do you come up with these things? This had nothing to do with God. Look at Psalm 118, 24. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice. It's a choice. Listen, you got to see the praiseworthy things. Otherwise, you'll only be burdened by the things that you need God to reach in and change. But fourthly, every morning, bring him your request. Every morning, bring him your request. Billy Graham said this. He said, this should be the motto of every follower of Jesus Christ. No matter how dark and hopeless a situation might seem, never stop praying. See, Satan's always trying to get you to give up. He does this to parents. He does this to spouses. He does this to, to people every day that, that, that have become weakened. We get in a vulnerable place, and, and then Satan loves to, to bring the, 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 the vultures and the buzzards and, and just, just swarm over us. You know, the darker things get, the, the harder it is to, to, to believe. And yet, often the best thing that we can do is to never stop praying. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you, Jesus said, hey, come to me, all of you who are heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. I really believe the rest that he's talking there is not physical. It, physical may be a kind of rest you need, certainly is, is important and has a place in our lives, but I believe it's soul rest. 
There's nothing more unsettling than a restless soul. And our soul is restless anytime it's not resting in the hands of God. Listen, every morning we wake up, we need to give God every worry, every fear, every problem, every worldly concern, every family member, every friend, every situation that we can think of. And we need to pray this way, asking for His will. You need to write that down. You need to pray His will. At the end of the day, it's not about you going to God and telling God what He's supposed to do. It's you trusting God for what needs to be done and whatever His will is. Psalm 5, 3 says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. The psalmist said over and over again, where does my hope come from? My hope comes from the Lord. Charles Stanley said, when troubles come, focus on God's ability to care for you. Once again, we're oftentimes running into things we can't fix. We can't move. We can't deny we can't overcome by ourselves. We should never quit praying because God never quits caring. Psalm 88, 16 says, Oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Last but not least today, number five. Every morning, you need to rely on his grace. Every morning, rely on his grace. How did your relationship with God begin? If you're a Christian, here's how it began. By grace. By grace. You realized there was nothing you could do to save yourself. You realized that there was nothing that you could do to, to earn your way into heaven. And that your sin separates you from a holy God. And that sin, if you don't have a Savior, destines you to go to hell. But the Bible says that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The scriptures emphasize the fact that it is by grace through faith alone in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection that we're saved. None of us can take credit for our relationship with God. Nobody. It came by grace through faith. Listen, just like your relationship with God started by grace, it must continue by grace. I think one of the hardest things that, that we, that, that task that we have is not just giving other people grace, but embracing God's grace. Understanding that God's not looking for perfection. He is looking for connection. Billy Graham once said, he said, in the morning, prayer is the key that opens to us the treasures of God's mercy and blessings. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The faithful love of the Lord, it never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I want you to hear this. I, I, I tend to, I only listen typically to, to pastors or people that I, that I truly can tell they walk with God. Okay? I'm not looking for perfect. I'm just looking for, for people who are willing to get out of God's way and let him have his way. And so Charles Stanley, who we all know passed away um, not, not long back, um, I just know that he walked with God. I know he sought to listen to God. And listen to something he said about how much time with the Father can change things. He says, we can be tired, weary, and emotionally distraught, but after spending time alone with God, we find that he injects into our bodies energy, power, and strength. 
Listen, you might be exhausted. You might be grieving to the core. You might be, feel like you are fighting flaming arrows every direction of your life. What you've got to do and what you need to know is that you need to lean in to the Father and lean on the Father. Because the only way you're going to get through with Him and the only way God's going to still accomplish His purpose through you is for you to let Him inject you with his, his, his energy, his power, his strength. Isaiah 33, 2 says, Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. The apostle Paul, he found himself very, very weak and very, very limited at times, even, even in prison because of his faith. But he learned throughout his life that God's grace is sufficient. You might not like the feelings of weakness that you have, but it's there that you find God's grace and strength that you can have. It was, it was only when I just felt like God had choked every single thing out of me where, again, I can remember going, I can't even pray. I need somebody else to pray for me. I remember calling my dad, as I recall before to you, I wasn't even here on, on that Sunday, calling my dad. He was on the way to preach at his church. And I said, Daddy, I can't even pray. I'm just so weak. I'm just so weary. I'm just so broken. I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm just um, at the end of myself. And I want you to understand what I found was, even though I've been sitting down to preach here since September of 2015, I found a greater strength than I had before. Even with my legs out from underneath me, even with the weakness, that still, that still affects my life every day. You know, you, listen, you can have something in your life and you can, you can look at it as something that, that is going to hold you down the rest of your life. Or you can see it as I believe God wants us to see it. It's God's greatest platform to demonstrate his grace through you. And two other people. We all have something. We all have something. And, and, and none of us, none of us, there's always something in life, whether directly or indirectly, that, 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 that is intended to get us at the feet of Jesus. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Listen, once you learn in Christ that you can look your greatest weakness in the face and no matter what, still have hope, still find peace, and God still have purpose, that is when you find greater strength is finding his greater grace. Listen, I don't know where you are today, but God does. And your heavenly father wants you to know today that he wants to meet with you. He wants to commune with you. He wants you to be still and know that he's God. He wants you to be still and, and know that he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He wants you to know that, that, that there's many reasons to praise him. He wants you to know that you can bring your burdens and lay them down at his feet. He wants you to know that his grace is sufficient and his strength is found in our weakness. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father God, right now, I just pray, God, that you might work in this place. God, I'm, I'm trusting that you've already been working. God, is this altar time 
and invitation is given. God, I pray that we all would put aside all pride and we would come humbly at your feet. Lord, knowing that the only opinion that matters is yours, God. Lord, none of us are perfect. None of us are, 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 are without fault, God, without sin. By grace, through faith in Christ alone, Lord, we've been saved, we've been changed, and you're still changing us. Lord God, whatever it is that you're calling out to each person for, God, I pray that they would reach out and let you take them by the hand. That from this moment forward, God, they would choose to walk with you. They would choose to meet with you. They would choose to make their relationship with you, oh, Father, the top priority in their lives. So that, Lord, not only can you work on them, but you can work through them. God, we give you our many burdens, our fears, our worries, and our failures. God, thank you for your forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord, for not ever giving up on us, Lord. And thank you for the lifeline that you've given us through Jesus Christ, not only to get to be guaranteed heaven, but to be guaranteed that you're with us always, no matter what we go through. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Today's invitation is simply this. Run to the Father. Would you stand with us? This altar is open. I'm available here should you want to come.